Hey, welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian Espinal, and uh, also with me is my giggling co-host. It is Joshua Gangsta Time Cole. Yo, first of all, you get my comically sized. First of all, what up? Yo, uh, it's not my fault, guys. First of all, what up? What up, Chris? What's good, What's Brian? Happening? It's good to be here. Um, we're gonna have a really fun night, guys. We got some great comics and we all have some high spirits. But Brian, what is this? <laughs> I already know what he's talking about. Thermacool fucking bottle. Yeah, Brian, t- show him. Sunrise. Show, show the world your 64,000 ounce bottle. It's yeah. actually 64 ounces. In- <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Well, How many pounds is that? Fuck, 16 ounces oh, in a pound. Did you pull huh? something trying to pull, pick it up? No, 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 because I was like, I was holding it at a weird angle, so my finger kind of got locked in the handhold part or whatever. I feel like I would have died of happiness if it had just like swung and whacked you in the nose. Yeah, I'm knocked out. <laughs> nah, man, I had just looked away from the fold, and I'm, I'm bobbing to the sound. I look back, and I just see a big-ass fucking bottle with his head on. <laughs> I'm gonna hold it down, man. It was too much. Wait, is it bigger than my head? It's probably Absolutely. yes. Yeah, especially when you have it closer to the camera the way it was, like stretched out. Yeah, it really is taller than your head, Brian. Oh um, man, guys, you gotta watch these YouTube videos if you if you're listening to the podcast. It's wider than my head too. Streams, I think that's cool. Yeah, and we appreciate it, but you gotta catch us on YouTube to see this shit, man. Yeah, I mean, we you didn't can't make this up. Sixty-four ounces for one person. <laughs> 60 yes. you're supposed to drink more than 64 ounces a day to it be is. fair oh, all right man so two of these is enough for a whole day for me all right yeah, yeah not one session of a podcast <laughs> i feel you bro the uh the bottle apologist is our uh producer it is edgelord 64 ounces big news right <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I finally, I finally shed myself from the Edge Lord. I said Edge Lord. I didn't say Edge Lord. I said Edge Lord first. You're always gonna be the Edge Lord. Oh, sixty-four. I think that's um. Is that half a gallon? Wow. If it is, Brian, that's pretty embarrassing. Oh, half. How is that embarrassing? (laughs) What's embarrassing about that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I can't point to a specific many, thing that's embarrassing about it, but it is. is Big boy uh, number sixty. Is if anything, you guys should be embarrassed for not drinking as much water. All right. Who you got? I just don't do it all at once. <laughs> I'm not drinking it all at once. Uh, it's just that you know I have fucking ADHD, so I forget to do shit. So this just reminds me. Oh hey, if this isn't empty, I haven't drinking enough water. Damn, Brian. Uh, all right, bro. But I was legit worried for your safety. I thought you were just drowning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you brought it back down. I, I mean, nobody's I saying that so we don't happy. we don't drink more than sixty four ounces, but we don't carry it around like we're crossing the Mojave Desert. So settle it down, Brian. Uh, and then was already thirsty uh, prior to the trip. Eat my ass. <laughs> nah, man, I'm just jealous. Bro, don't worry, I'm hating. I got a thermal container that my girlfriend bought. I'm not hating. And I love well, how many ounces is it, huh? It ain't 60. How many? 68? 64. 64. Settle it's down. Settle down, Josh. 68 would be excessive. Like, yeah. My my bottles only come in increments of gigabytes for iPhones, all right? You understand? Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> yeah, he's going to try to digivolve next, man. Pog AF. All right. <laughs> 
Oh man, we're already off to a we're in a good mood. This is gonna be a fun show. Uh, well, let's high, high spirits, high spirits. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into uh, plugs really fast so we can get into the uh, the main course. Uh, you could find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole, where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore three seven, and that's on Instagram as well. Yes, Brian, where can they find you? You can find me at b.esp on both Instagram and Twitter. And um, on the rare occasion that um, a shooting stars flies over our, our planet, uh, you can find me streaming on Twitch um, at twitch.tv slash it's punchline. All right. Uh, you can follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow us on Twitter, especially because we do a weekly uh, audience, really good chapter of the week poll. Uh, I have the results, I think. I don't think it's over yet because I think I mistimed the poll. So I think it might still be going at the recording of this podcast. But there is a pretty definitive winner uh, at this point, unless like in the next how many, like maybe half hour, the votes the other way shoot to a different series. But otherwise, uh, I think I'm pretty confident in what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. So just be sure to uh, go and vote for Black Clover because we know <laughs> you're going to do it anyway. So, yeah, just <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and do that. Uh, just go ahead and go and vote I, I have for no Black idea Clover. What it's gonna be. I mean, I never said it was Black Clover, but in any case, yeah, follow us on there. It's a fun time. Uh, and we renounce the winner of the of the, chat, of the RGC poll every week on the show. So do that. Uh, you can find our theme song guy at drum underscore foo. Uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk to us about. We're here. Um, or comment below. We'll, we read comments. We're, we're looking for validation. Comment below if you have anything nice to say. Uh, but in any case, I think that's that's all. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, my mouse is hovering over Josh's face. I'm moving the Discord thing. And I believe that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let's get into the show. It is time to randomize. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. My hero academia. Oh! Oh! oh. <laughs> we were both wrong, Josh. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, Brian and Josh right. did um, did r- predictions on what would show up on the randomizer first. They were both incorrect. It is My Hero Academia, chapter 299. This is a good one to start with. Like those tragic tales. Um, surprisingly, it's a flashback. I didn't really even see this coming. Um, and it's a flashback specifically on Hawks. Uh, we start out in this dilapidated shack where... Um, it looks like uh, he, he and his family are hiding out when he was kids. Uh, his mom is just sitting there with hovering eyeballs around her, and, her, and uh, his dad is just yelling at him because he heard that Hawks went into town, and he don't like that shit because he is a criminal on the run, and he cannot afford to be found. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty miserable life. It's all dark and gross and stuff, and his mom's just kind of like zoinked out. It's kind of like checked out of life. Yeah. She's done. Yeah. She's trying to watch the TV. She's it doesn't work. So she's very bummed out. Um, so, yeah, it explains that apparently uh, Hawks' dad just murdered someone over pocket change. And uh, his mom harbored him. And at some point, that's when he was born. And he is just out here regretting his life choices that led him to this point. Um 
he's specifically just mad at his mom because her quirk seemed to have gotten him into trouble in some way or form. And it's kind of uncertain what her quirk is because there just seems to be eyeballs floating around her at all times. Uh, so, I guess. Um, but yeah, there it's not a great time for, for Hawks at this moment. The only thing he had that gave him any solace was this little Endeavor doll that uh, he held close to him at all times. Um, one day, uh, everything changes when his mom tells him that his dad got arrested by Endeavor himself. And it's at that moment that heroes became like a real reality for, um, for Hawks where it, that was like his moment of inspiration. And, uh, it was Endeavor specifically who did it. So he's, it's pretty cops locked up my dad. Sweet noise. He kicks me all the time. (laughs) He kicks me all the time. That's real shit. Um, yeah. And, I mean, there's no way it doesn't make things necessarily better because there's still like his mom just like kind of loses her mind getting paranoid that she would get arrested for harboring a fugitive, which makes sense. Um, so they were basically homeless for a lot of the time. It looks like like living in this subway, it looks like. Um, and at some point uh, they get approached by the uh, safety commission. And we already knew this part about Hawks is that he was taken from his family at a very young age uh, to be some kind of like new special, like a, like a weird experimental way of raising a hero. You know, like they saw a really high potential in his quirk. They took him away. And at that moment, we just snap back to the future as Hawks wakes up from uh, napping in best genesis, sweet whip. Uh, his his uh, Gene Mobile, his Gene Mobile. Uh, it's pretty good. It looks nothing. I it looks nothing like what I would expect his his car to look like, but that's okay. Uh, Constructed in Gap. Yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically, they're they're on their way to somewhere, and uh, we get some like, you know, uh, closures to some certain plot points. Uh, Hawks was kind of like put together by that advanced central hospital where Midoriya and the others are currently at the hospital. So advanced that they can pretty much, you know, heal it. Like they, they're just super advanced and they were able to put Hawks together again, which is pretty cool. Cause he was quite fucked up last we saw. Yeah. He was in an oven baked induced coma. Yeah, <laughs> Oven baked coma. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, they got him together and even when even like with all their advancements they he's basically hobbled to a point like his mask his like mouth is covered by a mask it looks like an oxygen tank of some sort he's still all bandaged up so uh dobby really did a fucking number on him um he can't yeah he's talking through his phone yeah like 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 superman you know the actor that played superman yeah it's interesting. That's a that's a very um realistic thing when you like I guess suffer burns like that is that a lot of people don't take account with when you take attacks from fire powered folks is that they probably can burn your lungs and kind of fuck up your ability to speak, which is uh an interesting touch, a little nice detail to pay attention to in terms of like keeping the realism of the moment. Um but they also reveal <laughs> what exactly happened with Best Genist. Uh and apparently the central <laughs> hospital get ready guys <laughs> apparently the central hospital is so advanced that they are able to put people under a death like state 
and basically yep. that's how he was able to deliver the real body of best genius. Um, I mean, I've seen this kind of thing happen before. I like the death, like state, like I think Batman did it once, um, where he's like, I could stop my heart at any time to pretend to play dead essentially. So it's fine. I mean, we all we all knew like, it was going to. What be if they had decided to get rid of his body in such a way that was like, okay, let's just throw it in the fucking grinder or something? <laughs> yeah, that's where they lucked out. Or what if Dobby just was like, yeah, uh, maybe Hawks was involved with disposing of the body too. No, so. that's not what happened. No, he, he explains that, that, that he got him after the fact. Yeah, no, <laughs> they, they gave him the Dobby, and then they stored him somewhere because they felt like that was the best thing to do. Is yeah. Best the corpse. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, he does explain that like they they put him in a facility that they control from the from the shadows. So at that point, they were able to resurrect him in that time. Um, it's also like kind of interesting to note that this really fucked Best Genus up as well, even during the battle. So I like that it gives credence that Best Genus can be stronger too. That's pretty cool. I like Best Genus yeah. a lot. Um, it was a nice kind of. It was very hand wavy, but like, uh, you gotta explain shit not, sometimes. You know, I mean, they, you know, they they cleaned the loose ends. Uh, Whatever. Yeah, you gotta clean up. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna harp on them for. I get it. You gotta clean up your loose ends. I was wondering it. We were all wondering it a little bit. Like, well, wait, who? How was he a body? Now he's good. <laughs> you know. I mean, it looks like Genus is next in line to be number one hero i guess right we'll see i mean he's really working for it um there's these villains that are tearing up a town and he stop. he goes like on a detour to stop them uh he's he literally yells at these guys no more scarfing glutton gang as he uh just ties them up in denim and shit um but yeah and here we learn another like kind of uh symptom of what happened or an after effect of what of the battle of the paramount war is that the pr for heroes has really dropped off ever since uh the the paramount liberation war war whatever paranormal uh, liberation war everybody does not trust heroes really well and because of all the uh, criticism lobbed at them they were forced kind of to close up shop and leave um and we see in the back that some guy has some gear. Um, I don't necessarily know if it's like maybe Detnarat's thing, like uh, like uh, Redestro's, like from him his company. But normal people are getting like weapons, it seems, to protect themselves. Um, yeah. But yeah, Best Genius is like, well, this won't do. I'll send some sidekicks over. And apparently this is not the only town to, to do this. Um, so, yeah. Some people are happy. Maybe things are changing, starting to change ever so slightly. Yeah, some people are happy about it, and then you see some people in the background just like, <clears> hmm, <throat> we don't like it. We don't like it. This guy in the back looks really weird. What is he, a dolphin? <laughs> He's some kind of weird animal. Yeah, I guess it looks like a dolphin. <laughs> it looks like a condom, honestly. I didn't want to go there. But <laughs> I did. I mean, if you shaded him like all... If you shaded out the face and just showed the outline of him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'd look like a penis dolphin, for sure. Um, yeah, all right, yeah, let's, let's move on. <laughs> I um, just noticed that now. That's funny. So they leave the town, and they arrive at this house. Um, and 
Yeah. At this point, Hawks, we find out why Hawks went over. And um, he, this is apparently his mom's house. Uh, part of the deal from taking uh, Hawks from his mom is that the safety commission would take care of her and, uh, and put her up in a nice house, take care of her, her entire family, and uh, basically disconnect hit her name from the Takami family and basically give her a fresh start. Um, so, you know, he walks in and her mom, his mom is gone. She bounced and, um, Split. yeah, yeah, she, she splitsed pretty hard. And, uh, she left a note on the table for Hawks though, uh, explaining that some, uh, some horrible people went to the house. So yeah, she, she sang like a bird, gave up the goods and, yeah. uh, you're on your own buddy. Yeah. And that's, it also explains how Dobby knew that he was twisted the entire time. Like, that he was, um, he was a traitor, and um, yeah, uh, best genius is like, man, that really hurt. Like a two, pa- like a pair of two tight skinny jeans, and Hawks just cut him off, and I'm like, yeah, he cut him off because he's just like, no, he's not no, now's not the time, all, buddy. <laughs> that's I don't know where you were going with that analogy, <laughs> but that wasn't it. Yeah, now's not the time also, for pants puns. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Hawks is, Hawks kind of looks into himself and he's like, I mean, it's fine. I mean, she's not our, our, we don't talk basically like we haven't talked in like years and, you know, erasing the talk of me name has really kind of severed the ties between us. And, uh, and it's kind of like an introspective moment where he's like, and I was fine with that, not saving her and turning my back on her, me, a guy who wants to help people. And something I really appreciate about Hawks as a character, he's always got this weird, like, gray side to him, a very conflicted um, part of himself that, that kind of comes out from time to time. Yeah, because he's probably, he's had the hardest task a hero could have in the entire series, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, he had to infiltrate an organization, act as a villain and a hero at the same time. Like, yeah. just tough. Yeah, I mean, he's it had really... a weird childhood, childhood too, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, now that the safety commission is effectively down and there's no one to issue orders and his mom is gone, like he's kind of the freest he's ever been, uh, which is also pretty wild. Um, and he kind of remembers that moment where he and his mom went to this store and she bought him that Endeavor uh, doll. And... You know, for as much for as little as she did for him, that one little thing kind of really uh, was a motivating factor for him, or a thing that changed his trajectory in life. Um, which is wild. It goes to show, um, you know, how powerful parents can be and shit. You know. Um, and now we get we get a little bit the smaller suggestions too. Yeah, yeah, that's all you need. Just to go. Yeah. Uh, he he talks about it twice and why he thought. Uh, he was a good guy because they're very similar in the way that he was a guy who was just desperate to be helpful, but just so happens he was trying to be helpful to the wrong people. And uh, I guess we cut back to that moment where I guess Hawks was in town and um, and that like why his dad was yelling at him. And he saved a bunch of people from this big car crash. And that was, yeah. and it's a very cute moment where he's like hugging this Endeavor doll after he saved a bunch of people. And I'm like, oh, Hawks. Yeah, just like you. 
<laughs> you know you're an angry asshole. <laughs> I mean, that's another thing. That's very interesting about the whole his whole relationship with Endeavor is that how ironic is that I Endeavor basically saved him from an abusive father while being an abusive oh. father himself. Whoa. Yeah. There's the irony of that situation, and that's why like Hawks has a different view on him than his family does. Mm. And that's why he has kind of faith as he says that, like, even what if what Dobby said about the Todoroki family is true, I know he's trying to be different now. And, you know, there's a lot uh, for him to clean up, starting with his origin, so to speak. Endeavors in trouble. I wonder what that means specifically. Um, Obviously, we know that Endeavors kind of in surgery at the time at this moment. And he's also in hot water, but yeah. is he in trouble as in, damn, are they going to make a move on his ass since he's like, damn? No, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this is like implying that he's talking about, um, media. yeah, the, the world's perception. Yeah. The public view of, of Endeavor Japan. right now. Yeah. Cause he's saying, even if what Dobby says about Todoroki, Todoroki family is true, I know things are different now. So I'm guessing Hawks is going to be a person that's critical to helping Endeavor's image, so to speak. But I don't know what they can do to repair that, you know, or what Endeavor can do to come back from that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it'll be an interesting thing. He's still back with some new skills. (laughs) I don't win the crowd over. Don't win me over. Forgive me for being abusive. Look at my new fire abilities. <laughs> oh, yeah. A new form, too, or something? Yeah. He's like, I am the human torch now. I'm putting my entire body on fire. Not just my, I'll take it. Not just my mustache. I was really close to giving this chapter RGC. It was oh, were you, nice Brian? Chapter. Yeah, I was. It was a really nice chapter. Like, I, I always love everything related to Hawks because he's just such a complex character and he has like, he brings a different light to the series, you know, like he, he, he kind of makes you question more and more. Like he, you can tell that his story is to question what does it really mean to be a hero? That, that was, that's the whole purpose of his storyline. Um, and also what, what, if I may interject, I'll, I'll yeah. like, I feel like he's, he does that. And at the same time, he kind of is really secure in what he believes is of what, you know, what a hero is mm-hmm. as well. You know what I'm saying? But his, his background and the actions he takes, you know, through, you know, through his unwavering, I guess, uh, uh, sense of justice. Like that's what's I think what 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 puts us in a position to you know to see it from all these different perspectives. Mm. Like as you were saying, like how like how it challenges the way we view you know what a quote unquote hero is in this society. Yeah, yeah. And another thing is like he's he's also lucky. Like he could have ended up just like twice, but he got yeah, picked Obagawa. up, and he had Endeavor as a as a role model as well. Like he could have been he could have been twice. But... Yeah. He just got lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was also kind of close to giving him my RGC. I think uh, whenever Hawks is in, it's it's kind of the more... He's one of the more interesting characters for sure. Um, he's also like one of the more crafter... He, he operates on a different way than most heroes do. Like he's the only guy who goes in and does like covert shit. Uh, his double agent thing was, uh, was a pretty cool plot point to follow. Um, but yeah, I mean... Very interesting. Can't wait to see what's next. Next chapter is the 300th chapter of My Hero Academia. 
Um, and it feels like it's been going on for longer than that. It feels like so much has happened yeah. in the story. It feels like it's been shorter than that. Yeah. It's crazy. Really? To me. Like, I wonder what the, I wonder what, like, the 300th chapter for most manga is like, you know? Like, I want to go back and look at, like, Naruto's 300th chapter or One Piece's 300th chapter and, like, compare it and see, like, how much has actually happened in this series in 300 chapters, you know? I vaguely remember 300 chapters. None will compare to My Hero Academia. I believe. How much has happened. Naruto was in Shippuden. Naruto was in Shippuden by the time his 300 chapter came in. I want to say it's still the Gara rescue thing. Like they just got back, but I could be wrong. Mm, that was like a real bad for me for, for talking shit about my uh, <laughs> <laughs> hero academia. They uh, went through a whole time skip. Yeah, Bleach. I have I no idea. Bleach. I have no idea where it was in three hundred. Don't guess. <laughs> I do. I'm reading it. I'm reading it over. I'm reading Bleach. Again. <laughs> well, you can tell us. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I heard that right. Yeah, I'm reading Bleach yeah. over again. Um, uh, One Piece was uh, probably like Water 7, if I remember right. Water 7 or like close to the end of uh, Skypea. Oh, no, nah, then that has everything beat then. Yeah. So much happened. Oh, my God. So much happened before Skypea. Yeah, 300 chapter was was in Shippuden. It, it is the, the Gara retrieval arc. Mm. <laughs> I knew it. Those were some real nice times, man. I'll tell you what, I haven't Naruto's another one that I I've watched the original, like the kid Naruto, all the way through, but I haven't read Shippuden more than once. I really want to go back and do that. Uh, I'm currently rewatching Naruto again, and then I'm going to go into the Shippuden manga because nobody has it. <laughs> it's only on Hulu, and I'm not watching Naruto for commercials at all. Um, <laughs> Negative. Negativo, but. Yeah, I'll reread it. You'd be able to skip all the filler? Yeah, no, I'm going to read it. You might get caught up. <laughs> no, I'll find out which... There's a website that has, like, where the fillers oh, are. Oh, they filter? Yeah, oh, okay. they let you like, know. Okay. It looks like a uh, 300 chapter in One Piece is just before the Foxy arc. Damn, I was off. A thousand lashes <laughs> for me. Terrible One Piece fan. I didn't know that. I didn't know Wait, exactly what's the arc. What's the arc before Foxy? Um, Skypea. But it it looks like this is after Skypea. I'm not sure though. Yeah, before Foxy was Skypea. So yeah, but it looks like it's before before Foxy and after Skypea. Yeah, no, but that's that's what it is because they it's long ring, long land. Basically, ah, oh, whatever. We're not. This isn't even about my Eric Damien anymore. It was a really good chapter, guys. Not really good chapter of the week, but a really good chapter. It is time to randomize. Avengers. Uh, this is Avengers number forty-two. Enter the Phoenix Part Three. Um, what's been going on in Avengers? A big, kind of fun tournament arc in a, in a sense. Um. Hero, the Phoenix has chosen a group of heroes and villains alike to face off against each other to see who is going to be the next Phoenix. Um, and right now it's like Namor versus Echo, I think her name is. Um, he tells the story about how when he was a kid, he just pulled up to some sharks, fucked them up, and threw them on land. And uh, his, mom <laughs> said, his mom said, yo, you can't do that shit. Go get it. It was a real like, 
There's a real mom moment where he's like, oh, you got to put that back in the ocean where it belongs. She basically walked him to the shore and said, pick it up and throw it back into the ocean. Um, but yeah, the whole story is about how Namor uh, is basically, I'm like, I'm going to be the most dominant, dude. I'm going to be fucking dominant in this ocean. Um, I'm going to be so strong that no fucking land dwellers are going to come down here and bring their darkness down to my perfect sea. So, yeah. That's what it is. And he wins his battle. Essentially. Um, meanwhile, at the same time, Captain America is facing off against Shang-Chi. Um, Shang-Chi's... Yeah. Honestly, I was pretty stoked about it. Um, no, me, me too. Because I, <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to have an attitude regardless of the situation. Yeah. Um... Shang-Chi is holding back against Captain America, and Captain America is like, hit me. Come on. I want you to do it. I want you to hit me. But um, in reality, he's really like, look, I mean, we're out here talking about who it shouldn't be, but we're not really talking about who it, who should have the Phoenix Force, if it's going to be any of us. And I guess Cap's vote is Shang-Chi, because like you're the great one of the best fighters I know. You're a pretty meditative and peaceful dude, and you wouldn't just tear up the world with the phoenix force so you know i'm gonna train you so you can like learn how to harness the power correctly um it's pretty cool so you know they're doing that uh shang chi gets his cool tomfus thing that uh rockley also uses and uh he's about to do this like big ass attack and um cap is getting geared up to lose he's like yes he's learning and the phoenix is like oh shit i don't want this no 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 and she basically makes Shang-Chi lose. Like, the Phoenix just... He just, like, forfeits the match in favor of Captain America. And Captain America's like, What the fuck? I won! And, yeah, he did... I mean, what the fuck? I was losing. So, it kind of brings to... It kind of brings to the notice, like, what is even the point if the Phoenix is just going to come in? And if she doesn't like how a thing is going, she's going to be like, no. Absolutely not. Uh... So yeah, it's uh the remaining uh fighters are Cap, um the Jungle Lady, uh Black Panther, Valkyrie, She-Hulk, uh Namor, Black Knight, and this dude with in dressed in denim. I keep forgetting his name is American Eagle. Nighthawk. No, his name he's he's American Eagle. Um So oh Wolverine is also here. <laughs> I forgot about Wolverine. Um so yeah, they just continue to like talk about like, all right, Captain is like Captain America is like, I'm I'm I don't think this is a good idea. We should really try to find a way to get the Phoenix away from the Earth, you know. But everybody's kind of cool with this tournament. And they're at this point, they're like, hey, bro, this Phoenix is not going nowhere, so we might as well try to win, you know, and control it the best. Um, Wolverine is not thrilled to have these non mutants participate. In a battle for the Phoenix being the only mutant uh, representative here. Uh, on Avengers Mountain, um, we see there's a collection of smart heroes, Moon Girl and uh, and Brew, which was cool to see again. I miss Brew. Um, they're out there chilling. And uh, the other Avengers are trying to restrain the Phoenix the best they can. Thor is out there just thinking to himself like, man... This looks. This feels familiar. Like I don't like the Phoenix, but for whatever reason, I feel like this sense of love towards me 
from this Phoenix Force. Uh, meanwhile, in Stonehenge, I didn't know that the Red Widow was still around. Uh, who is she fighting? Because she just has the Phoenix Force. And I'm not um, sure. Something about the Ebony Blade. I think she beat the Black Knight. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, maybe. It isn't. It's not super yeah, the clear. Phoenix Knight. Yeah, it's not. Super oh clear. no! Yeah, that's Black Knight going against her. Yeah, so we don't know who who won. Mm. Um, in the skies above the Bermuda Triangle, in I guess the sky P of the Marvel Universe, uh, American Evil Eagle is going up against the um the Savage Land Lady, um, and her cool tiger who also has the Phoenix Force. Um, yeah. She-Hulk is going up against it's Valkyrie, uh, on Easter Island, and yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty cool matchup. Black Panther is going up against Wolverine, and uh, we cut back to outside where the ultimate twist of twist is revealed. That like, as uh, Thor gets closer and closer to the Phoenix Forest, he starts to hear a voice call out to him and says, "Enough of this! I have no wish to fight here today. Least of all you, God of Thunder." The sea, uh, it's time you knew the truth behind your own existence. And uh, the secret your father, Odin, has hidden from you for centuries. I've come mm-hmm. to tell you everything, my son. Way. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. Luke, I am your father. Poor guy. He's just a surrogate mother. I mean, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this twist. It feels like a weird one to make. It's like a weird leap, but I'm like, I'll see where it goes, I guess. Um, otherwise, the issue is like fun. This 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 event, this like little storyline has been um, kind of interesting to see these people go up against each other. Um, I like the concept that we're kind of getting sorta, kind of sorta a tournament arc to a degree. Um, sure. <laughs> so i mean i i i'm not really gonna complain uh, a lot of people are not thrilled about this thor twist uh i i don't know i'm not also thrilled about it not for any particular reason i'm not like thor don't Jason change Aaron is uh is doing a lot yeah it's like don't change thor but i'm like uh, this feels like a weird pull you know but but Jason Aaron is thor yeah, weirdly enough, like he's got he's pretty much defined by his Thor run, I think. But I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess he knows best. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. I guess he knows best since he wrote it for like years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like if Dan Slott came and said, I want to do something with Spider-Man real quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This book. Yeah, it's a leeway. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, but this is weird. <laughs> yeah. To say the least, yeah, it's weird, but yeah, I mean that's all I gotta say about Avengers. It was like a fine issue, and then that happened. But we'll see where it goes next week. Maybe it's like a heel, ter- a red herring of sorts, where she's like, "No, I'm only calling you son because like I'm old, and you know that's what old people call other people." It's like my yeah, son, right. you know. She said, well, "Odin lied to you. I gave birth. <laughs> I gave birth out of his womb." And then I made another woman raise you. <laughs> so. And your bitch ass. 
Yo, bitches. Daddy. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was Avengers. Uh, it'd be that way. It's time to randomize. I hope he turns his sword into some good, 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 good. Pere, 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 pere. Pere, 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 pere. Pere, 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 pere. Hey, Brian, you should pick up the phone. Pere, pere, pere. I got you, I got you, I got you. Who's that? Oh, it's One Piece. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, One Piece chapter 1002. Four Emperors versus the New Generation. Um, last we left off, that was actually happening last week. Is the Four Emperors finally got their battle started. Uh, one of the more fun chapters uh, that I've read in a while. Um, I still get flashbacks of the the, 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 the them trying to like the face they made. Yeah, one of my favorite things ever. Um, but the battle oh, it shows your boy Luchi. Oh yeah, Luchi's on the front cover. I don't like his weird, the way his beard hangs. <laughs> it's just like a hang and then it's a ball at the end of it. It has nothing to do with a jackpot, right? I mean, it's just Yo, off-putting. Stop, stop hating. <laughs> just off-putting. I don't understand. Um, but anyway, the battle... Stop hating on Lucci's beard. You understand? I'll try, Brian. I think you're frozen. Yo, oh, the, birds have, the birds have fucking... Outfits on and hair, and I didn't realize. Yeah, they beat up Hachi, his actual. Oh, uh, not Hachi. Um, Hattori, his actual pigeon who has the hat. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh. Um. But yeah, the battle continues. Uh, Kaido's in his dragon form. He uses his uh his his dragon breath to attack everyone. Law is just like out. He was, and then he's disappeared. He's- out of here. It's like, oh these no! Kids just get hacked up. Yeah, Yusuke kid gets hacked off, but uh, he's like, "It's all right. It was scrap to begin with." Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Zoro just like swats him away with his sword. He's like, "Fuck out of here!" Um, <laughs> Luffy pulls up and uh, and he's un- like, "This is my time." <laughs> he's like, "No, thank you. Take that back." Um. Luffy pulls up to Kaido and he hits him with that Kong rifle. It's a beautiful two-page spread, like a really cool panel where like Luffy came in like, "Wow!" Gazelle punched him in the fucking face. Um, sends Kaido backward, and as he's flying back, Eustace pulls up, does his like, uh, what was it called? The slam? No, oh, slam Gibson. Slam Gibson. I don't. That's a, that's a rock artist, right? Uh, I think Gibson is actually a brand of guitars, but I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> I think that is. It is. I think that's going on. Yeah. Um, Law dodges, and uh, he's like, "Well, I don't know much about the anatomical chart of a dragon, but I'd guess the heart is right about here." And he just shanks him with the gamma knife, um, which is a big deal. And the fact that Kaido tanked that kinda is like Jesus. His because the gamma knife is like Law's strongest attack. It it like very nearly killed Doflamingo, and the only reason he survived is because he cheated and strung his fucking organs together after he cut him up. So, I guess it just it wasn't enough to pierce them. It just he just hit them really hard and probably scratched them up. You know what I'm saying? No, the gamma knife goes inside you and it cuts you from the inside. So it's not like a physical the same knife. His organs, the actual organs themselves. Oh yeah, the organs are just tough then, huh? Maybe his belly ain't, but the organs are just tough. Yeah. They're made out of iron. He's a dragon, bro. Yeah. 
And Kaido was like, oh, you've learned how tough my defense is. Looks like you're, it seems like you're not just mindless fools relying on guts to win. Uh, that's when uh, Killer. Oh, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Killer just like runs along Kaido's body and then he does his uh, Scyther Sonic. Just, I guess, slicing straight through Kaido. I don't know if it's, it's not really going through him, I guess. But he's just yeah, like. It's weird, like. He's just like ah. <laughs> no, I think that might be one of killer one of killer's techniques. Probably it's it is killer's not technique. penetrating for sure. But yeah. then he would have cut him in half. Yeah. Oh, maybe he only. Yeah, it's just like, one of his techniques. Did it him open, or did it just go? No, no, no. It didn't penetrate him. It looks like it's just like phasing through him or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it, but whatever. Um, Kaido's, Kaido's like that. That hurt. Ow. And uh, that, I guess Big Mom gets tired of everybody's shit and just snipes him with lightning. Uh, and Killer is, seems to be just kind of out for a minute. He really took a big one. Uh, big Mom is like, yo, I'm out here for the assist. As long as there's an open sky, there's no escape for you. Um, Kaido tries to finish him off by just eating Killer straight up. But <laughs> yo, right. <laughs> yeah, Luffy comes in with the Rhino Schneider. Like drop kicks yeah, Kaido. Kick one, right? Yeah, his nah. drop kick. Drop kicks uh Kaido right in the fucking jaw. Um He's about to do his like blast breath, but uh Zoro has Law teleport him up and he uses the Firefox uh sword style to cut the flame in half. Uh pretty cool. Lit. Yeah. Okay. Go Zoro. Um and Zoro's not done. He somehow finds oh, he's a, not done. Yeah, yeah. He finds a way to double jump in air. <laughs> he just he's like oh, yeah. Come he on. Goes, and um he's Kaido's like, what's that? And um Big Mom peeps that like, yo, look out, Kaido, that's not an ordinary sword. And yeah, she's right, it's the fucking Enma. And uh the Zoro brings down the sword in his flying dragon blaze. But and it manages to like cut straight through one of the horns of Onigashima, the big uh, skull thing. Cut straight through the horn, and it misses Kaido because uh, part of the downswing of Enma is that it is a very hard sword to control. So and Zoro, I guess, doesn't have the hang of it yet. And while he's in midair, kind of falling, uh, Big Mom snipes him as well, <laughs> uh, taking him out for a little while. Uh, she then just like starts spraying lightning everywhere. Uh, Luffy gets hit. Uh, Law also takes a hit. Law's been having a yeah. rough time at at uh, Wano. <laughs> He's gotten fucked up a lot. Um, but yeah, Luffy's fine, and she's surprised. She's like, "What the fuck? Why didn't it work on you?" And he's like, "Because I'm rubber." Um, yeah, remember? Yeah. <laughs> um. But Kaido catches him real fast with the fucking blast breath. And uh, Luffy is also still fine after that. And he also asks, <laughs> he's like, why didn't my technique work? And Luffy says, guts, bitch. And uh, he, he hits him with the Kong Gatling. <laughs> my favorite thing is Kaido's like, gah! 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it made him handsome. 
Dude, that'd be so funny. That's so funny. He just he just tanked his his dragon fight, bro. Yeah. That's a that's the best thing a dragon can do. Yeah, I I feel like that's what Kaido's face was. It's like I don't know what I gotta do now. <laughs> the thunder bomb wasn't enough. My dragon. Uh, maybe I should just this go lady, back to Kaido. Yeah. <laughs> this form seems to be pretty ineffective <laughs> against me. Yeah, I getting slugged. slugged. <laughs> it just makes me a big doofy target. Yeah, shit has not been cool for Kaido like since he transformed. I don't know what. I mean, yo, let me look at him on that bottom right. <laughs> Take a nap. Look it's my this. favorite thing. <laughs> He's like, ah, wow, 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 wow. Fuck. Yeah, the Kevin Hart joke. <laughs> like, Was that an octopus? <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, fun, fun action chapter. I mean, very One Piece. Uh, I, I think like... There's a lot of big. There's a lot to say that Kaido's taking all of their best moves right now. Like he's he doesn't seem like he's actually getting hurt by them in any significant way, but he's also surprised that it's actually hurting at all. So he's like, "Oh damn!" Um, hopefully, next chapter we get to see Kaido do a little more than just tank all of their best attacks. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure everything is going to flip on its head eventually. Uh, yeah, for Because, sure. of course, these are the fucking emperors you're fighting. They're not just going to sit down and be on the defensive this entire time. Yeah. I like that Big Mom um, is also in the background, like um, like that cloud thing from Super Mario, just dropping shit on people randomly. Lack of two. Like a lack of two. Yeah. Instead of, like, the turtle. Or the asshole son. Oh, fuck that like son, the first dude. one that follows you. Yeah. Okay, baby Bowser. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's probably the best interpretation is that she's baby Bowser in the sky, just dropping shit on people and random. Doing the most. Yeah. Yeah, she's gonna get hugged though. I'm telling you. Oh man, it's gonna be cool. Zoro gonna turn this nigga into Squishy, and then they're gonna have a field day with Mama. Nah, dude, she's got the soul soul fruit. She's pretty tough. Oh yeah, that's a, that is another thing. She can make things alive, right? Yeah. So also, a lot of people uh, are questioning what um, Enma really is, like what its capabilities are after this chapter. Since, um, like, of course, this was uh, Odin's sword before, right? Like, um, and a lot of people are questioning, like, is is Odin's power inside of Enma itself because Odin, I mean, uh, Kaido mentions that he senses Odin's presence within it. Mm -hmm. So is it could imply that Odin's hockey is inside of that blade itself as well, but we're not really sure. Yeah. Oh, like the same hockey that, that Luffy's using now. Yeah, Ryu, uh, um, Ryu, 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 something, something like that. Ryu. Yeah, but, yeah, but your, boy, your boy Killer B or whatever his name is, Cypher Cypher Man, did damage to him. Without, without... It's not that it's not that it's doing damage. It's more about like piercing, because um, like that sword was the only sword to ever actually pierce 
Kaido skin. Yeah, it's the one that gave him that scar that he has on his chest and on that dragon form. Like Luffy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been established that swords in this universe have kind of a will of their own, even way back in Logu Town. So it's very yeah. possible. Yeah. It's very possible that, like, the, the what is actually happening is that when so- certain swords have, like, their own will, that's, like, their wielders or the maker of that sword, their will still being transferred within the sword, which is a pretty cool samurai thing. Uh, very in line with what Wano is. It's just kind of this, like, seven samurai style, but one piece mode, you know? Um, Very fun chapter. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of action. Very fun action. Uh, Oda's doing a lot with uh with this battle, and I'm sure there's way more to come. There's still so many battles that have to happen, so this is kind of just an appetizer uh, because we still have to see all the rest of the Straw Hats' fights and all that. So... Yeah, can't wait to see what's next. Uh, you guys are ready to randomize? Yes. Let's go. Uh, hmm. The X-Books. Um, we have two X-Books today. Technically three, but also not. Re- it's more of a another tie-in. So we're just going to do the two X-Books and then move on to the next thing. Uh, starting with X Factor number seven. Um, last we left off, Siren has been real shady. So uh, she just keeps, yeah, she just keeps dying, uh, and people are trying to find out why that is. Um, she keeps falling from like heights and shit. So definitely something fishy for someone who can fly to be killed from an altitude drop, essentially. So. Uh, and turns out there is something fishy. In the last issue, it is revealed that Siren is up to something. And she whispered something into Polaris's ear. She uses this um, the sonic hypnosis thing as part of her powers to kind of just force uh, Polaris to kind of... Uh, what, what was it? What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know why I'm blanking. It's sabotage. The, uh, the investigation on her. Yeah, sabotage the but, investigation you know, yeah. at every turn. Uh, every turn. Yeah, that's where we left off. We start off with this issue with Prodigy, um, and I have to start taking better X notes, X Men notes, because I forgot this was a plot line where uh, Prodigy is apparently unaware of how he died, because uh, he was one of the mutants resurrected when Krakoa was established. So, you know, he's ta- he's calling um, a speedster mutant, just trying to explain. Uh, apparently, he died. Uh, he he was killed. He got ganked during the same one attack on the Xavier Institute that wiped out a bunch of other kids. Not sure what that means. I mean, you know, I, did, I should have done my research. I've done research on other things for this episode, but this is one that slipped my mind. I don't know. Was it, was that a specific event in time where they got... Yeah, I would say so. It was probably like... The referencing? Yeah, I think it was probably oh, like the storyline. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was. that's when he knows he was killed. So, Speed shows up as like, no, that that can't be because you were with me that night. And he has a picture of them making out on a couch for proof. So uh, he's like, oh, shit. Well, I guess I don't really know. Um, but, yeah, they continue to make out. And we get this little informational page, a letter from one of the five that explains that uh, Prodigy, it, nobody knows necessarily when he died. Uh, his resurrection pre um, was pre the X Factor. So they didn't have that protocol established where they would have a team go out and 
prove someone's death before they would resurrect them. They kind of went on Wolverine and Cyclops' word at the time, and they were kind of certain that he died in that event. So, yeah, so that's why he was resurrected. Um, but, yeah, uh, we cut over to Dankin and Aurora kind of, like, talking. Uh, we learn a little bit more about Dankin's powers as um, as Aurora mistakenly said, like, accuses him of being able to manipulate people's emotions for the most part. And that's not really the same is that he can't just manifest emotions with people. His pheromone control can only kind of sort of heighten what already exists. Uh, So it's, so even that is like a limiting factor. He can't make someone fall in love with him or he can't make somebody be that much more attracted to him or whatever pheromones uh, control. So yeah, you know, He's kind of opening up to Aurora at the moment. And that's when he gets called down by Northstar, who sends him on his way. He's supposed to be on a mission to track down Siren and uh, and follow her and trail her. Um, and it turns out that she went to somewhere where they weren't expecting. They were expecting her to go to Barcelona because she left out of the Barcelona gate on Krakoa. But she did not go there. She just kind of went through another gate and ended up at uh, the Alberta one. So, you know, he's letting him know that he's trailing her while she's on a bus. And yeah, they're not where they thought she was before. Yeah. It's basically a status report on where she is. Yeah. And uh, Polaris does not relay that information to them. She basically tells them that they are in Barcelona at the moment. Again, because Siren hypnotized her into just subconsciously sabotaging the team at every to- at every turn. But that doesn't seem to work because Eyeboy can kind of see everything and he can see if he's lying. He can see lies, essentially. Uh, so That's pretty wild. And he can see it on mad different levels, too. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool because he doesn't like immediately be like, so you're lying. He, he goes like, so she's just sightseeing. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. <laughs> like Eyeboy's like, hmm, I don't like it. Why? Like, why is she lying? Like, he, he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't jump out about it. Yeah. That's what it was. Because, you know, I guess realistically, that's how you would be. You probably wouldn't call him out on it because you're like, maybe she's hiding something for a specific reason, but I trust her. He's, yeah. There's probably nothing in her mind, in his mind that's thinking that she's lying to obstruct them. Maybe she's lying about the exact words you use or something, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's like that. Like he's just playing it safe. Yeah. I also think, like, maybe sometimes you even doubt your own senses. Like, you trust somebody so much as, like, maybe I'm off. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm not seeing what I think I'm seeing. Um, yeah, exactly. But he does take note of it. Yeah, he does take note of it. Um, while, look, uh, North Star basically uh, tells everybody, like, well, we have our own work to do. We're all going to split up uh, three teams of two, one interrogator, one lie detector. Um, Prodigy is... Uh, his lie detector essentially because everybody on the X-Force seems to well not everybody but uh, certain members of the X-Factor seem to be lie detectors of their own simple way which is pretty useful for a detective agency to have um, he picks up Prodigy um, from uh, making out with this dude and everybody goes around interrogating not aggressively but you know talking to people who are close to Siren to find out what they know and apparently, uh, nobody knows anything. Um, we then get this informational page about the Morrigan, this goddess of death and battle. And we get her legend. And essentially, 
she's a spirit of God and death, uh, spirit of war and death. And she lost her form a long time ago, but she can possess certain people. Uh, yeah, essentially. Uh, and we learn why that's relevant later. Uh, meanwhile, we get a little, a few more panels of, uh, of Dakin just tracking her and trying to talk to X factor as, um, as Polaris is in charge of relaying that information. Um, but this was, a, this was an intense few, like, like yeah, page. it's a big old two page spread, uh, where he tracks her to this weird snow, snow place where there's like, it's very snowy. It seems to be an abandoned farmer of some sort. And he just starts getting fucked up. <laughs> uh, no, it was that it was almost like some type of horror shit. Yeah. Because the way he I mean the way the page begins, like he you know, he hangs up and he knows that son's weird because he you know, surely just hung up on him. Hmm. And I guess he gets sent, you know, the Morgan or whatever, you know, around him. So as soon as he hangs up the phone, they just said, You're too late, they're on the way and he was just like, You're bluffing. Hmm. I'm out to watch this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, he got taken to town, guys. I'm not even going to. Uh, yeah. Uh, hold y'all. Yeah, he got and impaled. There was a lot of nice exposition along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of a character development moment for Dakin as he she's beating the shit out of him. She's saying like how nobody will look for him or find him because nobody really cares. Not Wolverine, his dad. Not X Factor. Nobody gives a shit about you. You're a former villain and shit. Nobody cares. Um, and, um, uh, meanwhile, Cy- um, that's when Rachel shows up and is like, Hey, are we working today? And Polaris is like, what do you mean? We already work today. Remember? And, uh, I boy is like, all right, you're really lying now. What's going on? Um, uh, and Northstar does not fucking play games. He's just like, Hey, fix it. Get into her mind. And, um, Rachel just scans her mind and finds out that the Morrigan has been, has possessed Siren at the moment, and she used her abilities to uh, to hypnotize Polaris into uh, into lying and and sabotaging them. And I I'm glad they don't waste their time. It's like how could you type a deal where they're like they immediately acknowledge it's like yeah we know it wasn't your fault. Uh, you got taken by surprise. Nobody knew that we would be up against a god of death. So. Uh, free pass on this one. Um, so Wolverine is just like, oh, man, where, where? So where was the last time you actually heard from him? And now that she's, you know, I guess free from the spell, she tells him that they went to Alberta. And Northstar, real quick, just zooms off, and eventually he finds Dakin impaled on the on the post, and. Um, He's like, how did you find me? And she's like, well, Polaris told me you were in Alberta and I'm the fastest mutant in this fucking universe, it looks like. So it only took me seven minutes to fucking scan all of Alberta before I found you here. Um, and they also give a good... They also break down Noah Star's powers, which are pretty cool. It's like he's so... He's like beyond the speed of light, but he can't go that fast or else his body will be crushed under the weight. Of, uh, yeah, he ain't Barry Allen, but he's he, he's pretty efficient. Yeah, um, I wonder how he compares to Quicksilver. He's probably faster than Quicksilver. That's the the amount of speed he has is pretty fucking crazy. 
Um, mm. But um, yeah, he saves uh, Dak and, and he's in this hot tub kind of just after a long day, <laughs> just kind of like, fuck. <laughs> Word. After all of that, he was there for days in hell. Yeah. He couldn't heal properly. He was healing enough to not die, but not healing enough to be able to break out of that situation. Yeah. That was um, wild. Yeah. And that's when Aurora comes in and is like, I thought you left us. And he's like, I thought you all left me to die. <laughs> and I'm like, oof, that's sad. Um, But yeah, he opens up some more and he's like, this team is making me soft, man. Like, I held back on Siren mm. because, you know, she was my friend. I don't like being a hero, you know, like that whole spiel. It's it's nice. Uh, I I'm really enjoying Dakin a lot. Um, I think his like heel turn from like good villain to good guy is pretty cool. Um, yeah, being the rough edge of Especially the team. Especially seeing like where he started. Like he his character started what like the early two thousands, kind of definitely after the decimation event. You know, uh, when like twenty tens, like Wolverine's past and stuff. So it was. You know, he kind of he's kind of a newish character, but then didn't really get too much attention after the fact. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, he's had his moments. He definitely did villain. not have a good relationship with Wolverine. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, but he's just fucking depressed because um, like before she left me for dead, she got in my head using Son- Siren Sonic's hypnosis and made me believe all these awful things about myself and. Yeah, he wish he had died out there at that moment. And I'm like, whoosh, rough. No. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, they they're about to get like intimate, and that's when Aurora gets called over by North Star, and um, she goes over, and um, Dakin's like, why doesn't he just zoom here instead of sharpening, is shouting, and um, for whatever reason, she just says, there's nothing more. Terrif- he's more terrified about than losing people he cares about, you know. And you know, just saying like, he's a good guy, <laughs> you know. We and he cares about you too. He's very traumatized, and you know that's something you guys have in common. Um, but then we get this kind of weird, abrupt later that night thing where all of a sudden it's just the TV on. The rest of the room is dark. The other X Four Factor members are hiding, and um. They're they're basically saying like we need to turn the TV off because if she sees the light from the hall, she'll know we're hiding in here. So Rachel has apparently been killed. So is Polaris, and so has Aurora and Northstar. Um, all of them are dead. Wow. I mean, good thing they could just be revived, but holy shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I really like this issue uh, quite a bit. Uh, I, I, I'm i liking what Deccan's turning out to be. Um, the ending was a little too abrupt for me. I get what they're trying to do here. It's just like that quick shock. But I'm um, like, I was confused for a minute. Where I was like, what happened? What the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, I didn't mind it. Um, fun, fun, fun issue. Uh, do you have anything else to say before we move? All right. Then let's move on to Hellions. Uh, my certified very good issue. Certified VGI. Certified VGI. Yeah, um, same actually. This is my certified VGI. Absolutely crying. I was Dude. doing this shit on the couch. 
That's what I was. I literally spouted out loud laughing. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, oh, it starts. It starts off at the bar, Sinister. Um, Mister Sinister and Mastermind are having tea. Um, Mister Mastermind seemed to have brought uh, Mister Sinister some tea, and uh, he's basically they're basically I guess talking business. Um, about stuff and then um he's talking about how fancy this tea is he even mentions like the cape smells disgusting because he wasn't able to wash it but he doesn't want to not wear it <laughs> um it's very fun uh so you know they seem to come to a deal um at whatever they were trying to go for and uh this is just literally is like this tastes like shit jason and then he just starts like writhing on the floor because it turns out mastermind poisoned the tea he's just like ah what the fuck <laughs> he's literally trying to get to the bathroom so i guess he can piss it out or shit it out or something um but he doesn't get very far because then he just goes Bleh! on the floor and i guess mr sinister has been kidnapped um but uh the next uh the next scene we get is with Nanny finally putting together uh, Peter. What's his name? His mutant name? Um, his, oh, Orphan Maker. Um, yeah, he's, she finally puts the suit on Orphan Maker. And uh, he's like, it's too tight. It hurts. And um, she's like, I'll fix it later. And he's like, no, do it now, dummy. And Nanny's not playing that. <laughs> she's just like, oh, okay. Is that how you're going to be? I'm going to walk away. You know, maybe you don't need your nanny after all. And um, yeah, she basically like is more fixated on this robot child she took than uh, than Orphan Maker. And uh, yeah, it's pretty rough. Uh, the X-Men are just working out. Uh, not X-Men. The Hellions are just working out in their gym, uh, having various character exchanges. Wild Child is on edge because girls don't like him. Uh it's really, it's kind of funny. He's just like, damn, have you found that she-wolf yet? And she, he says, no, my pack flounders. The females ignore me, think me weak. All they like are these jerk chads. Uh, and literally what he said. Yeah. Grey Crow is just like, chill. Don't worry. You'll find somebody. Um, they get called over to the point, which is the headquarters of the X-Force. And um, Sage basically reveals to them that Mr. Sinister has been kidnapped. Uh, and their response is that they fucking laugh directly in her face at that. <laughs> um, I love that they could give... One of your own is missing. Yeah. <laughs> she said... She said one of our own? You know, she said that like we were going to start crying. That's really funny. Um, yeah, so, you know, even Wild Child breaks out in laughter. Yeah. And then Quinn, she's always so serious, but she just looks back like, hmm. She's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we don't like him. We don't uh, care. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. She basically accepts the mission. Uh, we get a little informational page as Sage is, ba- is explaining that, like, this has been weird, but I think the Hellions are actually starting to get better. You know, they're becoming more social and they're interacting with each other in a healthy way. This may have actually worked. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, for, um, rehabilitation, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. She basically arrives in New York at the Central Park. Uh, the Hellions arrive at the, in New York at the Central Park 
uh, gate where Mastermind is waiting for them. And uh, she he basically takes them on a, on a ride in, the, in their limo. They're all just chilling in there, uh, being Hellions. And after a certain point, Mastermind just decides to, like, cut the shit and be like, so are you sure you're in a limo? Or are you on a boat? Because I guess Mastermind... Uh, from what I looked up, Mastermind's ability is that he's this illusion guy. He can just really get into your head and make you see things that are not there and experience things as well. So they're on a boat now. Um, and it was like, fuck, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, are you on a boat? And now they're on a plane. And Psylocke has had enough. She's going to use her powers. But he turns her into stone. And um, he basically simulates death in their mind. All of a sudden, they're dropping from the sky, and they all brutally crash land onto the ground. But it turns out even that's an illusion, because they're just in this dark room where everybody's brain-shocked, unconscious, but still alive. And it turns out the real fucking mastermind behind this is Arcade! What did that do that had um, something to do with uh, that Spider-Man event? Yep. Yeah, um, Arcade is the wow. real villain. Mr. Sinister's in the background in some tube thing. Uh, and it's interesting. Arcade was one of the people seen in like the promotional uh, material for for uh, Reign of X, this new era of the Xbox, this new chapter for the Xbox that we're in. So it's cool that he's in Hellions. Um, and I guess he's behind all of this for some reason. Um, I like this issue a lot. Uh, Hellions is surprisingly becoming one of my favorite books that we read, I get really excited when it comes in because it's really funny. Yeah, I get pretty hyped too, and the art is really good too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really fucking cool. Um, Very much enjoying it. But that's all for the Xbox on my end. Um, You, you have anything to say before we move on? Alright. Let us randomize. Uh, now. Fucking sore. Undead Unluck. Uh, this is Undead Unluck, chapter 49. Uh, what is this one called? Uh, it's All Hours. Um, last we left off, uh, Andy and, and Fuko returned from their flashback journey, and they just murked the Unseen. So uh, we didn't give them this last week, so... His name is Sean Dax. He really put it together for me. <laughs> uh, he basically is unseen. We've seen him. Well, in a manner of speaking, we know of this guy before because he was captured by uh, Rip, who is the unrepair negator. And um, he has the ability to, when he closes his eyes, he becomes invisible. So somehow they were able to graft a third eye on his head, eliminating that weakness from him. Somehow. I mean, I'm not going to harp over it, but. I'm sure. I was just like sure. Yeah, maybe there's somebody who has the ability to do that. You know, just grab somebody. So he dead. He deader than dead. Um, and Ano only knows this because he knows that. Know yeah, he knows that. Like this is where they lose in this time loop. So, you know, he basically tells Andy to do the whole fucking cool crescent moon thing, cuts him in half, and everybody's saved. Um. They turn around and the battle's not necessarily over because Rip starts to attack along with this kid in a bunny const in a bunny costume. Um, 
it's pretty wild. So while out of literally nowhere, yeah. Uh, while I guess Andy goes up against Rip, Fuko tries to take down this kid, punches the shit out of him. That was a really hard. It makes him bounce on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, but in that it while he punches her, he manages to steal the gun, the gun artifact that she has. Um, which is pretty cool. I bet his like ability is something like ungive, you know. You can just because he can get take away shit. I bet it's on give. I'm putting it on right now. That's my prediction. Um, but he's a big goofball. He's like a four. He's like four years old, like three years old. He's still fucking a child. So, for whatever reason, he just like crashes through the ground. I don't know why, but he crashes through the ground. Um, he like permeates through almost. I guess. I mean, no, the crack barrels under. It cracks around him. You know. So I guess, I don't know. But in any case, Fuko's like, man, why don't we work together to catch Autumn? We're on the gators here. Isn't our goal to, tr- isn't our true goal to kill God? We should all fucking be working together. That sounds so epic. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But that is a good point. Uh, unfortunately, though, Rip reveals that his goal is not to kill God. His he, Everybody in uh, Under has different goals. So they only really work together when their goals align. Um, so, you know, his his goal is to ride the arc, this artifact that allows people to just live through different timelines, basically ride through the different timelines. After they end, they can start anew at the next time loop. Um, so, yeah, everybody has a different goal. Um, but Ano kind of reveals that, like, you should give up on that idea. I already know. Neither you nor Latla can ride the arc. Which kind of makes him vexed. <laughs> He's just like, fuck. <laughs> um, and we get a little bit of a flashback to Rip and a little bit of his um, his motivation. Um, it's not like a very super informative flashback. It just informs of why he wants to ride the arc. And apparently he was yeah. a doctor of some some sort. And because his ability is unrepair, if he cuts something, it does not repair unless he dies. So... During the operation, he cut uh, Latla's sister, and because of his ability, he was unable to fix her, essentially, because he would have to die in order for her to be saved. So his goal is to use the arc to, I guess, stop that from happening. Um, he died against Fuko hmm? in, in Dead Man. He what? Remember he died when she got cut? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he got killed. And now he's a boy. he came back as a child, so I guess, like, they got to explain that again. (laughs) I don't think they did explain. I get the point. It's pretty tragic what happened to his sister. Yeah. I don't think they did explain what happened to him and why he's back as a kid. He's just back as a kid. Um, He just is. Yeah. But, yeah, he's still like, I don't care. I'm going to use the arc to redo things. Um and Latla's like, don't try to hog all the spotlight for yourself. And she's riding her motorcycle thing as Autumn starts to pull up against them. Um, and the chapter ends with a big, I guess, four-way battle against Autumn. So it's a big race as to who gets to take down Autumn first. And yeah, fun chapter. Um, I guess next week's going to be a lot of action. We'll probably get to find out what it, what this bunny kid's real negation power is or even Latla's. I don't really know hers. Yeah. Um 
Maybe, uh, aside from riding a motorcycle broom. Yeah. <laughs> motorcycle broom. Motorcycle broom. Hmm. Hmm. That's what's going on here, right? Because. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of a witch thing. She's on a motorcycle without the wheels. She's like on the frame of the motorcycle, the seat. But yeah. there are no wheels. Um, yeah, that was an interesting design choice, but I'm, I'm here for it. I'm also here for it. But, I'm here for it. You know, that was uh, Undead Unluck. Fun chapter. Next chapter is going to be a lot of action and fun, and that's where Undead Unluck shines the most. Um, oh, yeah. But in any case, it is time. Turn on. Right, am I? Uh, King and Black books. Uh, we're starting with. Hmm? Oh yeah. Um, starting with Marauders. Uh, King and Black Marauders number one. Uh, this was an unexpected one. I didn't know this was coming. Uh, apparently the Marauders get a tie-in and are involved with the King and Black event. But as most X-Men tie-ins are with events, it's not that simple. Um, but basically, the Marauders are sent on a mission to just kind of pick up uh, Cyclops and Storm and fuck the rest of the world because <laughs> Krakoa yeah. is like that now. <laughs> um, so they're like... Gotta give it up. Yeah, they're basically like, yeah, this doesn't work out like we thought it would. Just go get our friends and let's get the fuck out. So they're on their way there. And uh, that's when they get kind of a distress signal from this ship nearby. Um, they're being attacked by dragons. And Kate is not one to leave people behind. So she says, let's take a detour before we go save our friends. Let's go save this ship. Um, and they arrive to see a ship being attacked by symbiote dragons. Um, and, you know, they basically fight them off for a while. Uh, they get everybody off the boat. Um and they're like, hey, so what was on your ship? Um, it's going to the bottom. What's going on? Do you need anything from in there? And um, the captain of the ship says, um, olive oil by the cask. Nothing, you know, nothing worth losing. And then somehow, well, because this is kind of his ability, uh, Bishop picks up Morse code. Um, Bishop's powers are like basically electromagnetic um electromagnetic related so he can i guess pick up signals of morse code uh into his into his mind so he's like i don't i don't buy that buddy i think that you're hiding something so he just hops onto their ship goes down to the um goes down to the hull and he finds a bunch of fucking people down there um so yeah he's basically like yeah we gotta stop this boat from sinking iceman picks the boat up, freezes everything around, and they rescue the people inside. Um, and apparently these people are not olive oils uh, importers. They are smugglers. Um, and Kate is like, slap, you dumb bitch. You thought you could get past us? Um, more dragons show up. Uh, she basically sends Lockheed to solo dolo them. And... Oh, she came across with the backhand. Yeah, she fully extended. Wow. She fully extended her arm. That's a lot of force. Like, wow. <laughs> Brian, do it. Brian, do you? Do it, Brian. Do the pose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's going to be on next screen. Sorry. Hell, yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Uh, nice thumbnail. You know, so 
basically anyway, she's, yeah. So he gets just the tape smacked out of his mouth. Yeah, and she basically says, "Hey, open up a gate and send them to a really shitty place." Um, and they do so. They basically strand them in a desert, um, with only ice bricks to keep them like <laughs> hydrated. Um, it's a day's walk. Yeah. If only they had Brian's uh, gigantic <laughs> 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 bottle. Their whole that yeah. would have held them for the whole journey, all of them. Dude, honestly, they could have like rationed it, and it would have lasted them months. Absolutely, but that oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't think sixty-four ounces last months. Right, Brian, guys. stop capping. You know that <laughs> it's sixty-four ounces. That's not that much water. It's enough. <laughs> it's enough to get it's across. Definitely a whole lot. It's definitely weighing like, more than enough for the people to get across. If you ground. ration it right. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody takes a sip every, like, maybe 45 minutes. I don't think that's how staying hydrated works, guys. Hey, I mean, uh, it, I hate to break it to you. That's what rationing is, Brian. You don't understand rationing. I'm not saying they're living happy. I'm saying they have enough to survive a day's walk in the desert. Um, but, yeah, they get sentenced away. And... um Basically, they explain that, like, hey, so we're about to enter a war zone right now. Uh, we're going to drop you guys off in New Jersey so you won't get caught up in this whole Sibio dragon mess that we're in. And they're like, no, not fucking America. We were trying to go to Canada. And, uh, yeah, they paid these guys, though, to, to smuggle them into into Canada. And I'm like, wait. So they were going somewhere else. I mean, I guess they were bad guys because they would have let them drown. But why would they let them drown? Um, it's weird. Uh, um, no, I think he was. They was gonna bring them somewhere else, not Canada. Hmm. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, she just explains that like they paid them to take them to camera Canada, but they were not gonna take them there. So you know, please take us to Canada. Bring them into the slave trade. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, all right. Um, he she gets into contact with Emma. Uh, and basically explains the situation to her and says, "Hey, can they can uh, can they kind of chill in Krakow for a while?" And uh, Emma, in this is like my favorite couple panels in the in the of the week, where Emma's like, "Let me check back on you," and she basically says, "Really, humans on the island?" And Magneto's in the back saying, "Humans on what island?" Uh, so fucking like a little cool little tidbit there. He's vexed that humans are probably going to come to Krakoa and basically she explains the situation to him and uh, Magneto is nice he's just like alright I can't hate um, I'm a chill I ain't going to hate on a human Yeah, I got my cool white suit now I'm in I'm at peace you know I've been, I've been doing my meditating I'm good um so yeah, he basically approves. There's this weird moment with Bishop and uh, and Pyro where uh, Bishop's like, "Damn it, Kate, we were tr- we're heading away from New York. Why are we doing this?" And uh, and Pyro's like, "So you know, we we left to save our friends. I mean, that is why you're so eager to get to New York, right?" Um, Storm and Cyclops being taken off the board doesn't sit well with us, and I really bet that it makes Beast upset. Um. We cut back to, like, right before Bishop went on this mission. I guess Beast was like, hey, uh, Cash, can you kill our friends if there's no other way to save them? 
and bishops. Yeah, just just go ahead and do that for me. <laughs> honestly, I would prefer if you slit their throats before anything. Honestly. Uh, yeah, but if it was up to me, the method, that's how it would go. But um, if any means. Any means. I mean, I'm know, not picky. You, if you can't get them any other way. Yeah, please please slaughter my friends, please. Um, I mean, I know they're like. Beast, yeah, I, it's so weird what they're doing. Man. This is the only weird spot in the Hickman, entire Xbox. This is, this is where Hickman vents all his frustrations into. He turns it all into a character. Well, it's funny. He also made Beast a dick in his Avengers run. Remember that? Remember when he he was a part of the? He was kind of uppity. He was. I don't know. I don't know if he was a dick. They was. They was on a ass, man. Beast. He was on the dumb science squad. The the real. They're not. They weren't dumb. Not. I'm. I'm saying dumb. No, no, he's not dumb. But he was on the like mean scientist squad where the the pro killing world. I guess I thought they would have like the real good guys because they was trying to figure something out. You know. All right, whatever. I don't want to. I never really thought about it that. Oh, I believe it or not. <laughs> no, I'm just being. It was, pretty they just had the coolest stories, you know. Yeah. No, it, it wouldn't be a Hickman run thing if one character wasn't just made into a dick for a while. Um, scientific assholes. Yeah, scientific assholes. Um, so yeah, they save everybody. They drop everybody off at the island of M. Uh, they plant some. I guess they plant a gate of Krakoa. Oh no, wait, it's a refuge for them. Like uh, I guess a sanctuary for them to hang out at. While they're on Island M. And um, basically Magneto pulls up and is like, uh, yeah, you're staying here with us, uh, which is cool with me. But please don't forget to tell everybody stories of our mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty, pretty cool. I mean, I like that Magneto's kind of sort of warming up. He's just like not like, no, humans don't belong here. Yo, what I found was mad funny is that Magneto picks up a stone and tries to <laughs> skip it like the lady, and it just goes in the water. Yeah. She goes ahead and skips another rock. <laughs> and he wasn't even mad or nothing. He's just like, ah, <laughs> like something a human can do that I cannot. Yo, he literally just kind of looked the other way, so like, huh. anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, a, a cool little tie-in. Uh, maybe this will have some kind of... Uh, repercussion down the road i i wouldn't put it past them you know empire's uh tie-in has already kind of come to roost so you know there's a he, he said something super profound that i definitely want to repeat yeah um because you know which is a response to i guess you know one of the ladies that was amongst the group of people you know that was skeptical about you know getting his hand out i guess like mm-hmm. thinking that there was something to re- you know to be in return you know just being skeptical <laughs> And Magneto basically says, you know, I, I acknowledge that not, you know, you have every right to feel that way. But word for word, he says, you're right to be skeptical. Weak nations prey upon those in need. Strong nations do not fear showing kindness. I think that's something we can apply, not just to how a governing body for a state acts, but just, you know, people in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, entire cultures yeah you know strong cultures with with, with tight bonds don't have to fear you know being human (laughs) yeah you know only where people are insecure and struggling stuff is where you know they try to you try to cut each other's throat or you know put your put your foot on the next person to get you know to, to get ahead i just thought that was deep 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely like a cool sentiment, but it's also like, so yeah, tell everybody that we're nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, like, <laughs> see how he looks back with his helmet. Yeah, yeah like right on the other on the other hand, he just says, "Yeah, so put a put a good name in for." <laughs> Let people know that we saved you. I, it's very similar to what like I, Doom did. Know, I'm gonna float away without moving any part of my body, just my cape. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be real stiff as I approach you. <laughs> this action figure <laughs> stiff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It just makes it super easy for the artist, huh? Yeah. Um, Who did a very interesting job with this book. I liked it. It reminds me of like Chris Amney's art. It's kind of like this old, but not like outdated style where it's kind of like... I think it was really good at certain points and also really bad at certain points. I generally don't like my art that way. I'd rather it be consistently like decent Mm -hmm. than like hot and cold but yeah. that's what as you were saying but i mean you had a much more articulate point to, yeah. you know to go off of it no that. i mean you know it's a preference i get it um it wasn't like perfect all the way but i i tend to dig that arc with uh that art uh every now and then i, w- I wouldn't say like put that man on an event <laughs> but for like these kind of no. these low-key-ish kind of cool little books oh um, yeah there it's, totally. it's pretty effective um, Much better artist than I, that's for sure. I mean, I can't draw for shit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, yeah, moving on, we also have Venom number 33. Um, last we left off, uh, Venom entered the hive. Oh, Eddie Brock specifically entered the hive, where he was reunited with Rex and uh, and Flash Thompson's anti-Venom. Uh, we open now with Spider-Man giving a really cool Spider-Man speech to Dylan where he's basically explaining is like life's going to keep beating you down kid but you know what i when i was your close to your age i was this is the first time i put on my suit uh you don't have to go out there yes. you don't you don't i don't expect you to go out there and want to save people but you know this is what your life is kind of going to be like as a superpowered person and you can either learn how to deal with it or you know i'll protect you i don't mind doing that either you know but I want you to choose. I want you to have the choice. Um, And Dylan's like, I want the smoke. Uh, So, you know, that's how the battle uh, begins. We cut into the hive where uh, Eddie Brock is experiencing like these uh, connections. Whatever happens to these symbiote monsters and to Null, he also kind of feels uh, to a lesser extent. Uh, Into? Yeah. So he, but uh, he's also like, uh, Flash Thompson, how did you get here? And it's like, ah, you know, we're all we all end up here, you know, all of us symbiote folks. We just end up in the hive when we die. So, mm. yeah, I mean, it's not fun. This place is dark and smelly, probably, but this is where we are. He's been there. He hasn't been in the afterlife. He's been here. Mm-hmm. Yikes! Yeah, much like Rex, who also died and is just here. Um, mm. But you know. He he. They also have this like nice moment where uh, Flash is like, "So yeah, I heard what you said at the funeral at my funeral. Uh, it's pretty nice, man. Thank you for the kind words." Um, and right when they're about to shake hands, uh, Eddie feels another disturbance in the force, and it turns out Dylan's out there just crushing it as uh, as his new symbiote Null kid. Uh, he rips the symbiote off of Captain America, uh, which is pretty cool. He's just like, Rah! his 
thunder thighs just like <laughs> bent. Um, Rip out. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> um, and as he uh, he liberates people from the symbiote stuff, they start to disappear from the hive. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, and all they see now is just this big portal thing that's shaped like an eye. And they're like, well, we have really no choice. We should either go through it or whatever. So they go through it and they end up in the central nervous system of the hive. Um, down below are just a collection of rogue symbiotes. Uh, and Eddie Brock is basically like, hey, I, I don't. This isn't based on anything, but I think we should just hijack these things and use them to get out of the hive. So, you know, we could go back and fight. No. Um, but I guess somebody's got to go down there and, uh, I do the most and sacrifice themselves. Yeah. And who better to do that than the guy who did it last time, Flash Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, I'm your man. For this mission. He even found a way to loop this from the very beginning of, of, uh, of, uh, what, what's his name again? The dude doing this series? Oh, uh, Donnie Cates. Yeah, to the beginning of Donny Cates, and he's like, remember that mission that Rex first gave you in that very first chapter when he found your lads? He was looking for me. <laughs> this is my job. This is what... And Rock is just like, all right, buddy, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Jesus. No, he doesn't say it like yeah. that, but that's how I felt. Like, damn, Brock, if you better like just be like, okay, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> I'll go back to the world of living and you stay down here. Yeah. Cool. All right. So yeah, Anti Venom goes down, delivers some Anti Venom hell. Um, He has this cool, his cool moment. He takes down a bunch of symbiotes and uh, grenades himself. Um, And when he does that, the central nervous system takes a pretty big hit. Null feels that pretty hard, where he's just like, no. And that's when the symbiotes start to take over. Eddie Brock, and then he transforms into this cool anti-venom dragon. Um, said Eddie Brock. Oh, did I say Eddie Brock? Cool. Oh, no, I said anti-venom. Before that. Oh, did I say Flash Thompson? I'm calling you out, bro. Damn, dude. Betrayed by my own by my own co-host. That's your boy, man. That's your boy. Hey, Brian, do you want to be the next co-host for the New Jump City and Josh can produce the show from now? <laughs> 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 Nah, bro. Nah, too, I'm, I'm too edgy for. I'm too edgy to be the co-host. You're damn right. <laughs> yeah, I might true. just like start singing "Crawling in My Skin" halfway through. <laughs> Don't worry, I, w- I won't. I won't throw you under the bus no more, Chris. I rule with an. I rule this podcast with an iron fist, Josh. Don't you ever. Maybe, maybe I'll. Maybe I'll put you in the way of a scooter or something. Bro. No <laughs> more buses. I got you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in any case. Uh, Flash Thompson becomes a dragon, and uh, Eddie's like, "Oh, cool, anti venom dragon." But uh, he's like, "Let's go, Rex." I said, "Let's go, Rex." R- Rex, and uh, just creepy voice comes out of Rex. He's like, "Rex is dead. It's me, Noel." And then he just hangs Eddie over uh, the the edge again. And he's like, why does this feel so familiar? Uh, and that's where the issue ends. Uh, Eddie Brock is kind of back where he started at the beginning of, of this event. Uh, yeah, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, it's very uh, 
very noble sacrifice of Flash Thompson as as always. And now that he's a cool anti Venom dragon, I'm here for that. I think it's a cool idea, I guess, because if there's anything that can like beat the symbiote, is like a thing that was designed to be the anti symbiote. So here for it. Yeah, um, it checks out, I guess. Yeah. It was close to being my RGC, I guess. If it wasn't for Hellions, this would have probably been the RGC for me. Oh, VGI oh. for me. Sorry. Um, okay. But, yeah, that's all I got to say. You guys ready to move on? Mm-hmm. All right, it's time to randomize. Did I say One Piece was my RGC? No, you didn't. Oh, it was. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, all right, let's randomize. <laughs> Black Clover. This is Black Clover, chapter 280, Surging Disaster. And guess what? It is also the audience voted RGC. <laughs> oh my god, what a shocker! What? <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, um, the poll should be over for now, so I'm going to check it, but. Last time I checked, it was up by a pretty significant margin. Um, Black Clover won the vote with 68% of the vote out of 60 votes at the moment. Um, I mean, it was a pretty wild chapter. Yeah, I mean, it blew everything else out of the water. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen came in at a 20%. Uh, One Piece came in at 10 mm, it was, Jujutsu was really good. Yeah, One Piece came in at 10%, and My Hero Academia what? came in at 2 Uh so overwhelming yeah, some support. Hardcore fans. I'm with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. This is a very good chapter. I'll I'll say that. I don't disagree necessarily. Um, but yeah, if you want to vote, uh, hit up our Twitter at New Jump City. Follow us there. I put up the poll every Sunday, a couple hours after the chapters come out, and uh, you can vote for your favorites, uh, including Black Clover again. <laughs> um, but in any case, this is the. Uh, chapter 280 last we left off jack got one shotted by these new demon brother and sister yeah, pair he's like trapped in what a crystal or something or he's, yeah he's in a bad spot yeah he doesn't look like super hurt though he's just like wow what the fuck uh yeah so you know uh knocked is just thinking to himself like shit this is two devils from the highest order from the first layer of the world so these aren't even the strongest of the strongest demons um they're Plumid shaking yeah <laughs> plumid's like fuck no why did i fucking do this uh oh, man they're gonna see me help me <laughs> <laughs> oh man they're not gonna like that <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't think I'm a traitor? You know what they do to traitors in the demon world? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, so real sinister, weirdo shit. Yeah, so apparently, not figures that they're at about as strong as the Dark Triad. So, you know, no small potatoes there. Um, so yeah, they're just playing around. They just shoot their shots everywhere. They just explode outward, weird ice shots or whatever. Um, meanwhile, the mana mana of the Spade Kingdom is, seems to be getting absorbed by the uh, roots of of Klipoth. And at that moment, that's when a bunch of demons roll through. I guess like little underling demons just burst through the gates of the castle and start attacking the citizens. Um, Mary Leona is, of course, like, ho-ho! 
murder and death is approaching this village, but ho ho. Um, oh, another something else. Wow, but you know that they're not alone. Uh, the big doofy giant demon that she was fighting before gets up stronger than ever because Cleopoth is open. So demons of all sorts get stronger when that happens. So. Yeah, her fight starts for real, and she's not necessarily alone. Because as um, you know, is railing fucking uh, <laughs> fucking Zenon for a in the middle of his inside. Yeah, and Zenon's like, I couldn't win at seventy percent, and um, you know says it's over Zenon, and he's like, Yeah, no, <laughs> sorry, but no. Uh, and everybody just kind of gets a power up in the Dark Triad. Uh, they get one hundred percent of their demons abilities and uh they come with new designs altogether. Um pretty cool. I like the the the, the actual I like all the designs honestly. But even the guy in the middle where I thought he looked real doofy before, I think he looks really cool now. Yeah. Although is that I do a scar think scar on of, his chest or is that like a clock type of situation? No, that's a scar on his chest from I guess when Asta did the thing there. Hold that <laughs> hold it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah Don't forget about that one he's real cocky now where he's just like sorry <laughs> sorry to disturb you while you're lying down but come fight me a little bit longer and he just like machine guns him with mana I guess um, Vanica is like boy are you a meanie or what I like you so much and still you want to come with me and I guess they're going to fight some more uh, you know, is kind of holding off uh, Zenon's attacks, uh, and yeah, he's not—he's still not that vexed. He's like, "Hmm, this is a bad situation, but I'm still, you know." So he is still, you know. Uh, not he just noticed that he powered up. That's awesome. Hmm, he yeah. happened to power up. Yeah. Wow. He's, he's like, oh, whatever. He the damage I did to him. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I was so much stronger than him before, so we must be at least, like, evenly matched now, maybe. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. Nick says, your victory was just a fragile, fleeting dream. Talking I mean, shit, dude. That's what it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> but you was talking all that shit, and, and you had help from big boy devils. So yeah, this is... Know, <laughs> this is Isaiah yeah, Thomas talking to Michael Jordan here, just... <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> uh, slow down. Uh, but yeah, Noct's mind is going to mile a minute because he's just like, "Fuck, I gotta, oh. t- I gotta take down Morris." But yeah. you know what? The demons are gonna let me get. Exclamation point! Yeah. Whoa! What's the next move? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't leave because these shit demons is, aren't gonna let shit me do. Has hit the ceiling fan, man! <laughs> In all types of ways. Oh man, they cheated oh, so ahead, hard. Bro. They cheated so hard. Um, so they opened the gate. The demons are in the, in, in, in the town. These two niggas just wilding for respect. <laughs> just weirdo science guys down there making shit even worse as the moment passes. And yeah. Blue Mead's scared. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the, the only... Terrified. He said the only thing that's that can help us is... And he gets a little flash of Asta and then he just... <laughs> he just looks at Blue Mead who's shivering. Has the nerve to look at a, that scared Plumide and then ask him, Plumide, die with me. <laughs> Plumide's like, says, fuck out of here. <laughs> you yeah, think I'm sure it's what happens next, but I'm pretty sure he's split. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's... Yeah. 
don't <laughs> know. He said goodbye. <laughs> I'm going back to Klepoth. Um, meanwhile, back at the Clover Kingdom, uh, the clouds start to split, and this pair of legs starts descending from the heavens, Ooh. and down comes. I guess this is that big demon thing. I'm not going to lie. This this last part of the chapter was really like, I don't know. I think they, they did a really good job at, at capturing this. It could have been done a little bit differently, but just imagine being a kid outside playing, chilling, and you see all these storm clouds forming, and you're thinking, all right, worst case scenario, Gosh. damn, this is going to be one hell of a storm. Damn, you it's raining. Inside. You're like, what's that? Bro, you see just a pair of feet just <laughs> coming down. <laughs> and then when it's all said and done, this nigga's just there on top of that top of that hill looking down at yeah. the little town slash city. Yeah. The height of this that's, thing is bad enough. Terror. The height of this yeah. thing is bad enough, but then you see its face. It's all dark and Oh man, it just looks yeah, it looks like it's ready to kill everything. It's like hello. Nothing good about it. Yeah. I've come to i I'm I've come to <clears throat> murk you. And everybody's like, here for slaughter. Yeah. And it's like, is that a demon? But fear not, because the last couple panels, we see uh, Lieb and Asta in that weird cave thing training. Uh, yeah. He seems to be done with his training. Uh, and that's where the chapter ends. Uh, I don't think Asta's going to come into battle right away. I think the remaining Black Bulls that stayed in the Clover Kingdom are probably going to fight this thing first. Oh, yeah. And then Asta's going to come in like for the Yami. final blow. Yami number zero. Yeah. Um, I mean, very fun chapter. They're going to use his ass as a fucking sandbag to show everybody's new techniques. <laughs> it's going to be lit. <laughs> yeah. He's just going to sponge all these hits. For yeah. He's going to take... Gonna finish them all. He's going to take all these attacks that everybody learned in three days and that are now significantly stronger than they used to be. Um, oh, yeah. But... Yeah, I did. I did enjoy this chapter quite a bit. I like that the stakes are raising. Uh, I, I have. Yeah, it was my third chapter. favorite chapter. It was in the top three. Yeah, uh, I'm excited because, like, I think the the niche that uh, Black Clover seems to be satisfying is uh, just kind of like the fun one on one type battle manga that we wish some of the other series are doing, where yeah. you know everybody gets their fight and everybody has these cool moments, this cool action left and right. And that's okay. That's okay to have around. Um, it is cool. It's Black nice. Clover does it well enough, and you can kind of see the passion. You can tell, like, he he really likes this story that he's drawing, and he's having a lot of yeah, fun doing man. it. Yeah, man, and the art, it continues to be, as, you know, pretty much all these other series, you know? Faux show. But um, it is, I believe, time to randomize. Dr. Stone. Um, oh, yeah, that's the one I said was going to be first, and now it's the second to last. <laughs> yeah, this is Dr. Stone, Chapter 183, Stone Sanctuary. Um, last we left off, uh, they are trying to craft a diamond so that they could have a battery for the um, the Medusa uh, mechanism that turns everybody into stone. Uh, and they've managed to do it. Uh, back at uh, Zeno's hideout, they managed to create a diamond. And... Uh, they figure that the diamond is just a little too small for them to really use as a battery. So she asked, so the lady that's there asks, how do we make it bigger? And uh, Seku's like, well, making a diamond in the lab is next to impossible. So 
go dig up some natural diamonds. And everybody gets pissed uh, because they went through so much shit just to create this one tiny diamond. And now they want it, he wants them to mine for more. So basically he explains like, don't worry, we're going to need both. They're both kind of important. Uh, the goal here is to uh, to mine natural diamonds and to grind it into a shape using the diamond they just created. Uh, it's an interesting like question of science where they pretty much answer just like or or point out that everybody has this kind of like prejudice that man-made things are uh, instantly weaker than their natural uh, their natural. Damn it! I just had that word in my head. Uh, counterparts so yeah basically what they're going to do is that they're going to use the diamond they created to grind down the diamond into a shape that can fit into the medusa uh pretty cool uh but at that moment uh they that is the last time they'll be speaking they'll leave a one-way communication open for the uh for xenos folks and you know so they can tell them when they've done what they needed them to do but they won't be communicating because they feel like it will it will kind of give them a way to be using radio signals near uh near the radar which defeats the purpose of having a stealth ship so yeah that's uh they decide to do that Zeno just tries to do some sneaky shit and coils i guess one of their uh communications things so that they could always just have a radio signal going he tries to sabotage them that way uh so yeah, what they're they're on their way to uh, Arasha, uh, this municipality in Brazil that uh, basically has is home to a bunch of rare earth minerals that they will be using to find their super alloy city. Um, it's pretty cool. Pretty exciting. Yeah, you know, you see, there's a new new, new thing they're trying to form, and you know, Zeno's being really really extra. Yeah, because he basically made his i guess finger things into a magnet which gives off a weird signal on the radar and he had already told because if you remember way back when they first built those bikes uh Zeno blinked a morse code mes- message to Stanley and apparently the message was that they were going to Arasha the entire time like he already knew from there so you know. nigga, nigga did morse code for a full sentence yeah for it's real really hard <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, so, well, I guess Senku and the rest of the team goes the hard way, uh, Stanley just sails over there, and they made it there first, and uh, he says, now when the kiddies show up, we'll make them into Swiss cheese. They're 14. <laughs> He's literally saying, like, we're going to murder these kids, no problem. Problem. But there's a panel earlier that indicates that this is kind of part of Senku's plan. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, the chapter ends with Senku acknowledging that the final battle will go down, down deep at the Amazon at the Stone sec- Sanctuary. Uh, yeah, here for it. <laughs> uh, very excited for Dr. Stone. See where it goes. Um, but I don't have much to say about this chapter, honestly. Uh, do you want to say cool. anything before we move? No. Nah. All right, let us randomize. Jujutsu Kaisen. All right, this was second best, and honestly, it should have been RGC. 
but I couldn't do it. It's not fair. I oh. have influence from extra sources. Why? <laughs> what what sources? Oh, the additional up. the prelude chapters, man. Oh. I couldn't add the hype from all of that build up. It's not fair. Yeah. Well, I don't have that moral, so I'm giving you RGC. Neither do I. I'm also <laughs> certified. I saw One Piece with your RGC, Chris. I don't think I gave it to my. I don't think I gave it to. Yes, one you piece. did. No, I didn't. No, you didn't. You're right. I gave wow. my VGI to Hellions, but I didn't give RGC. Wow, to you're right. Oh, so that's my fault. We have a. It's okay. It, I stand on that. I said that earlier in the week too. I mean, I mean you're not that. wrong. I would have put One Piece as my RGC had this not been around. Um, oh, he was doffing that nigga's face in, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have resist. But this is nigga Zolo was was scaring him. It was that was epic. Yeah, he's like fuck. I could have killed me. We talked enough about One Piece. One Piece. Jujutsu Kaisen chapter one hundred and thirty-seven. Hard and white. Hey, yo. Oh, was harder than <laughs> was whiter than a napkin, harder than the dinner plate. If you want it, come and get it. You know why I say super straight. You know who said that? Who? Jeezy, man. Oh. Young Jeezy, the snowman. Who knew Gege Akutami was a young Jeezy Yeezy fan? But, um. White yeah. and hard, nigga. That's that coat. <laughs> 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 uh, th- last we left off, uh, Ghetto summoned a ton of fucking curses to attack everybody, and this chapter picks up seemingly several days after. Uh, Japan is a fucking no man's land at this point. Uh, the I mean, yeah, definitely this part of Japan, but shouldn't be looking good. Yeah, part of the country. Look at this whole dead zone. Where was that Shibuya? Yeah, Shibuya. Um, mm. Okay, so apparently this issue has branched out from shibuya into the rest of japan and we the first few pages are actually just like i guess the people or politicians trying to figure out what to even fucking do with this uh you know they're they don't know they figure that military intervention will come and they're scared of that and you know they don't know what to do they don't know about uh they're they're debating revealing the existence of curses to outer countries and they're not very happy about that Shit's yeah. bad. Point, point. I'm trying to say, uh, we open up to this kid who is just kind of eating scraps in this store when this fucking shat, like pale figure, oh man, just fucking emerges. <laughs> oh, it's so creepy. Yeah, he's literally like, ooh, <laughs> oh, come, come, yeah, come, hot bath and the th is upside down (laughs) i'm like how does that even get displayed in life right the th is a ship deal yeah how do how does that even like (laughs) how do i even i just thought like he went he was trying he was even though he sounds creepy and disgusting it went from coherent to incoherent like that like i don't know it's like real life Hot yeah. Well, look at it because you see how his eyes went up. Probably by the end of the sentence, it was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks so gross. And this kid is just like, "Where's mom? Where's mom?" <laughs> and what? he's and he's like, "Oh, perfect, mom and dad and big sister and little brother and teacher." I would have stopped right there. I was like, oh, "Teacher, 
I don't know about that, buddy. Me too. What do you think I am? I Some think... kind of nerd? <laughs> <laughs> so, whoa, 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 whoa. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't moved my ass into this abandoned part of the city to go back to that shit. I don't yeah. know what the fuck you're talking about. Ugh. Next you're going to tell Creepy me zone. my homework is here. Ugh. Gross. Uh, oh, I mean, honestly, this kid actually says that. He's like, I don't have a little brother, and I hate my teacher. Uh, and this thing just repeats just repeats after her or him. Just And uh, he's like, you okay? You want some water, buddy? And I'm like, what the fuck, kid? Pickle. Yeah, because his lips look so dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he starts bleeding. His eyes start bleeding, and this kid is like... <laughs> This kid is like, I should get closer. The fucking shower guy. <laughs> yeah, this this figure gets devastatingly less human, and this kid is more convinced <laughs> as time goes on. And this kid just is not taking the hint at all. Hmm. The monster can't believe it. The demon thing, he can't believe he's about to get this this snack. So simple. <laughs> he's saying give me, but what he's about to say is give me a break. Yeah. Can't possibly be coming <laughs> too easy, but <laughs> yeah, he. So the kid comes out, and this fucking curse is right there, just about to chomp him. This kid is like, "Oh fuck, bad decision." Yeah, uh, it has like that 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 thing. What do you call that? Those fishes with the light. I don't know what they're Ang- called. Anchor, an- anglerfish. Anglerfish. A- anglerfish. Let me come first. Angler. Anglerfish. I believe. Yeah. They have the light and they have yep, the teeth. That, yep, it's an angler. Yeah, it's an anglerfish. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's basically what it looks like. It's an anglerfish demon, but instead of a light at the end, it's a weird, creepy, doesn't even look like a human. I mean, I guess, look, 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 look. It has hair and stuff. It didn't have hair in the last so, couple chapters. Yeah, what the fuck, bro? Come on, man. You make a mess feel like this kid is, is halfway retarded <laughs> and deserves this death. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that. Meanwhile, there's it's... a perfectly good reason. Well, but yeah, by the way it was talking, but still. Yeah. So yeah, the bath upside down. Come on, man. So this fucking anglerfish demon just like psych, <laughs> <laughs> just pull this thing away, and the kid is like fuck, and that's when a man with a katana just comes down and just shatters the earth by with the stab he delivers to this fucking anglerfish demon. Uh, and he just gets up like, sorry, did I scare you? Are you hurt? Uh, and he tries to like kind of figure out where this kid belongs and where it comes from. And he's like, you walked a lot, huh? You've been do you did a good job. And as the anglerfish is like coming right at him, uh, the very next panel thing just disappears, just disappears, explodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's as if Kuma from One Piece was like, no. Or Law from One Piece hmm. said. Chambers. Saved them and said, "I didn't need you to tell me nothing. <laughs> I knew to do this. I'm my own captain." Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, this thing explodes, and he says, "Rika, please try not to overdo it." And I guess we should get this is. Uh, we find out that this person is, of course, Okotsu. And for those of you who haven't read the prequel chapters for Jujutsu Kaisen, like we just did over the weekend. Uh, oh man, you are you guys missing the fuck out? I mean, I, mean, I think he's a pretty dope character anyway. 
we won't go into like the hyper particulars of the situation, but Okotsu yeah. was a character who came to Jujutsu High before Itadori, or probably even uh, Fushigoro did. Uh, he's he was this guy who was uh, possessed by well, not possessed, but like haunted by this curse. Who was this girl? Um, this girl that he was like, you know, his best friend from when he was young. She died tragically when he was young. And she's kind of hung around him ever since, protecting him and, and absolutely murdering ninth grade bullies. <laughs> um, so well, he didn't. She didn't murder them. They just got stuffed in a locker and got extremely severely wounded. Severely. Yeah. Did they live? Injuries. Yeah, they lived. Yeah, they did. That was the. That was kind of the key to like the attack that they would always survive. Just mm. to be gruesome. Yeesh. I didn't even catch that. I thought they were dead. By the way they looked, I was like, fuck. They yeah, looked like I it, thought but... they were dead for sure. I thought those were dead nine-year-olds. I mean, I would be, I would wish yeah. I were dead if Ninth I were stuffed into a locker like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the the interesting, interesting thing about this is that uh, Rika's story kind of gets resolved by the end of these prequel chapters. There are four, about 50-page prequel chapters or so, uh, at, at the end of which Rika is kind of purified and is allowed to move on uh, to the afterlife. And Okotsu just kind of joins the team, and we don't know what happens to him because he is not in the series from there on out, but Mm -hmm. it seems that he's been away on work um, and has become quite the powerful Jujutsu sorcerer and still seems to have Rika with him, even though she's supposed to be gone. So, Seems to. There's a thing, like, Okotsu's special, like, curse technique, it's different from normal things like from normal people because people go for negative energy when it comes to cursed energy but his is more inspired by love i think that's how it works right i mean um, the, the logic how... there is that like love also brings a lot of net- negative emotion as well to a degree i guess like because yeah. when you lose yeah. your love uh or something like that negative emotions it's it's a cursed energy built from a positive source, uh, which is a lot like a, a lot of things that bring up curses, like schools and stuff like that. So it makes yeah. sense within the law. But yeah, that's the only thing that confused me is like, how does he still have Rika? When she's I'm, gu- I'm guessing just because they love each other, that's how they stay connected as cursed entities or yeah. something like that. Well, I'm sure. It must be nice because Rika got cured of her curse. So as far as I see, she's just a ghost chilling with him because she feels like it. That would be cool. I mean, I'm not. Gonna... <laughs> that would be really late. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll get an explanation. That simple though. Yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen is uh, the explanation manga, so I'm sure we'll get pretty uh, in-depth explanation as to what his cursed technique is. But yeah, this is adding to a list of things that need to be explained. Uh, the 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 this dude being his brother. Mm-hmm. Which is not really his brother, we know that, but explaining why that happened, why it happened that way, and if there's anything that's going to stick with that. Mm-hmm. And this dude being a, a, a hanging character, right? Mm, I lost my train of thought. I forgot the other things, but man, that's there's some more. That's some loose ends. There's a few things that need to be explained, but we'll, I'm patiently waiting. Yeah. So Okotsu uh, shows up at this, uh, you know, the typical mysterious round table of bosses that a lot mm-hmm. of series. And- which is not With the worst. With candlelight, because forget electricity. Yeah, nobody sees each other. You know, they're all behind these, like, curtains or whatever. Uh, Kotsu looks like he needs a nap, man. What the fuck? A, yeah, he looks tired. Is it just me? No, no, he looks tired as shit. But right. basically, he explains that, like, you look, you don't intend to thank me, so let's just get on with the main event. So, yeah, 
they they basically you know established that they still don't trust him even after all he's done and you know clearly how much he's on the side of good um so basically he explains that i don't care if he's master gojo's pupil he cut off inumaki's arm in shibuya uh inumaki is the uh you the sorcerer with the sound cursed technique who he was close with when he went to jujutsu high um so he's got personal beef and he states loud and clear i will kill yuji itadori myself uh good luck yeah d dude i it's gonna be wild uh and the chapter ends with kind of a, like an explanation thing. as kind of Jujutsu Kaisen does every now and then where they explain. We get a notice from the Jujutsu headquarters that one, Suguru Geto's survival has been confirmed and he has been sentenced to death again. Second, again. <laughs> second, Sato... You gotta be a real nigga to get, <laughs> to get sentenced to death twice. <laughs> yeah. Gojo has been deemed an accomplished accomplice in the Shibuya incident and thus permanently exiled from the Jujutsu world. And not only that, if anybody tries to free him, it will be considered a criminal act. Jeez uh, Louise. Uh, I think that was such a cool part for me because you know there's going to be a moment where like they have to release him and you know <laughs> split off from the Jujutsu sorcerer world and shit. Could this be leading to the Ennis lobby of Jujutsu Kaisen, a big or the Sasuke retrieval arc of the Jujutsu Kaisen series? Oh, Ooh, I'm getting shivers. Them trying to snatch Gojo back. Yeah, I'm getting we'll shivers. See. Just I don't know. About it. This might. Well, you did say the author himself joked that you know <laughs> he wanted to take Gojo off the board because he was too strong, and it's true, bro. That's not bullshit, man. <laughs> That's. I just I don't see out. him being gone for the rest yeah, of the series. Yeah, I don't think so either. No, not the rest of the series, but, I, I, you know, I don't think that arc is going to happen right now. Um, They'll probably bring I him back once everybody is on his level. Itadori. I think he's going to meet him and shit is going to be chill. Yeah. Um, Ko, uh, Ko, uh, yeah, 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 I got to read the prequel chapters. Uh, Katsu is, is my guy. Yeah. Uh, he's, 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 he's my man, Honey Grand. Along with Shorty, that got her face swapped over and yeah uh the the principal got it the worst because it is now also revealed that masa masamichi yagasha received the death penalty for inciting gojo and and ghetto and causing the shibuya incident wow talking about getting the shit ended a stick bro and dude execution yeah He's like not like yeah, bro. You're fired, and you can't ever do nothing jujutsu again, or we'll execute you straight. No, you're gonna die. Gojo's a bad guy too. They hated him. They was a, such a hater. Yeah, they're so okay. They're like, okay, you know, whatever. It's just his fault. Yeah, there's only one way to leave this life in a box. Uh, you and finally, uh, there are a couple more. There's Yuji's uh, death sentence has been revoked. He will be executed immediately. And special grade sorcerer Yuta Okotsu is appointed Yuji's executioner. Jeez uh, Louise, man. I don't think that he's going to assassinate him. I'd like to think that. Of course not. He's probably going to try to spin this into being kind of like his his prison, his prisoner. My, much like in Attack on Titan that, uh, that Levi did Levi? too. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I first saw this, too. I'm like, oh, is he going to be the Levi of this series? Yeah, where he's going to be like, he'll be my prisoner, and 
Well, I think Okosu is going to take over as the main character of the series. I doubt it. No, I mean, he could. It. It's not incorrect, but I he mean, could be a secondary main I character. I hope that's the case. Yeah, I mean, exciting things for Jujutsu Kaisen in the future. There's, uh, oh, yeah. We don't really know when it's going to It should have been... Uh... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. What were we going to say? Sorry. I just, I no, started. I was going to say it really should have been the RGC, but come on. Punching Kaido out, and you need three to four prelude chapters to add to the epicness. Hey, come mm-hmm. on. I can't do it. I can't do that to Oda. You did it to Oda. That's I did it to Oda. Two times I threw you under the bus on one podcast, but God I'm tired of this. I'm tired you of this. got punched out, son. I'm gonna is censor it because those you points. know it doesn't really matter. Is that what it is? Because you know that he's gonna get punched out, and then like as soon as the next chapter comes, he's just gonna be talking to Big Mom. Like, no, I had I had zero is problems that... with One Piece this week. I was just like, man, this is just kind of exciting, and it was it was pretty funny at the end with uh, with the principal. <laughs> that made me feel like, damn, they violated him. But I don't know. I like I just like the chapter. I just like what it was building to. It's cool to have Okotsu back. Uh, Word up. Yeah, it's just a lot of interesting things all at once. Uh, and before it was kind of like spoiled by the Shonen Jump service itself, <laughs> where it was like, make sure you read the prequel chapters before you read this week's Jujutsu Kaisen. And I'm like, no, now I know why. <laughs> <laughs> now I know this no. kid's going to show up. <laughs> the funny thing is, I opened Jujutsu Kaisen, and then when I seen the picture of the person, I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" And then, like, I didn't read it. I literally only seen the cover, and I was like, "Okay, yo, that's when Brian was like, oh, read, you know, read the um.' All right, Brian had mentioned the prequels, mm-hmm. and then I had went straight to Jujutsu Kaisen. And I was like, I wonder if I'm gonna be confused because I was really thinking the prequels were gonna be trash or something." And then they showed this brand new character I didn't know on the cover, and he looked dope. I was like, "I'm just gonna read the prequels first. Why not? You know, yeah. maybe it'll show something about him. Maybe it won't, and it did." Yeah, um, yeah, great chapters. Read the prequels if you can. Um, they're actually volume zero in in the Taikoban. So if you if that's Thanks, how you consume though. manga, it's volume zero. Um, Real quick. Um, I wonder if they're gonna do this kind of thing again because um you know there's two there were two people that were mentioned um the first time Okotsu was mentioned was um in chapter eleven or ten where um he was mentioned by Gojo alongside Yuta as um well actually I don't know what the fuck I'm saying I'm saying weird shit but there's this other character named Hikari who was also mentioned alongside Yuta for the first time as people who can surpass Gojo or rival Gojo. So I wonder if they're going to do this again, like oh. another prequel series set up for Yuta? this character named Hikari. Oh, huh? Hikari. Sorry. There's Yuta and Hikari. So there's two people that Gojo mentioned that could Yuta rival him. Yuta was the stabby guy. Yeah, Yuta is this guy. He's he's um, the guy they just introduced for officially for the first time. Okotsu. Wait, who? Okotsu. Oh, Okotsu. He said Okotsu could be... Go yeah, Okotsu, Okotsu could rival him or surpass him at some point. Oh, at some point. Oh, Yeah, not now, but in the future. Say, what? And okay. uh, there's another character by the name of Hikari who hasn't been introduced yet. And we don't know so. them yet. Okay, okay. Yeah. I doubt there will be another prequel series. They may just show up and we'll get their, well, like, a flashback for them. But I don't know. Who knows? 
I welcome it if it does happen again. Yeah, I don't so mind. So my that. my theory is once the once Utah, Yuji, and and Hikari are all introduced and they're all at the level where they're rivaling Gojo, that's when Gojo will come back. I think. Sure. That's my theory, at least. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe even saving Gojo is the final arc. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, whatever, whatever the future holds, I'm here for it. Uh, very good. Really good chapter of the week for me. But uh, that's all I got to say about it. You boys ready to move? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. That has been our show. Big old boy of a show this week. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, You could find me at the Chris Espinal at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole at JD Cole underscore 37 on Instagram. Follow the show itself at New Jump City. Participate in the audience RGC poll every Sunday. Follow our theme song guy at drum underscore foo. Uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk to us about. Uh, leave us a comment if you like us. Uh, like the video that you're watching. Uh, subscribe. Tell the people about the show. Share it. Uh, leave some reviews on iTunes. Uh, it really helps us, those reviews. They get us like on iTunes' algorithm. Helps us get found a little easier. Grow our audience a little bit. It would be very much appreciated if we could build our nerdy little city. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And stay safe, New Jump citizens. Peace out. Oh, I got the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Everyone else agrees, Chiefs? Sure. Yeah, sure. All right. I wouldn't put money up against Tom Brady, though. (laughs) 